0: I was, we were going to drive over and drop a cart off, but uh, it was like, we had lasagna, so that took a while to cook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, that's going to be what opens the show.
0: Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Our Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Fleming
1: and Pep Cariotti. Good evening ladies and gentlemen February 9th 2021. It is a big day today. P-Dog joins me from the other side of the border where his curfew (laughs) begins in 58 minutes. How you doing Pep?
2: (laughs) I'm all right man I'm all right I'm looking forward to this curfew being lifted. It's a It's starting to become an inconvenience. At the beginning, it really wasn't, but now it's starting to get in the way of things. But that's cool. It's cool. All all the name is safety. I'm good. I think that's
1: the design of it too, isn't it? Is to be an inconvenience for people. It's working. Or at least a a hindrance for being out. It's working. All right. We got, uh, obviously, we're going to be wrapping up with a Super Bowl episode because that happened Sunday night. But... Bigger things happened today. And I, some people may argue it may not be bigger, but we have a bunch of birthdays today. Um, and I wanted to take a minute to wish a few special people happy birthday. A um, couple honorable mentions, not even honorable mentions. I have with the CFI family, and, and Pep, you know these guys. Um, um, Carl Tolmey and Hugh Doyle, who are listeners of the show, participants, you know, Bills fans, but more importantly, they're, they're friends of ours, they're coaches that uh, uh, work with us, with, uh, with me at CFI and Football Forward and all that kind of stuff. They do, I mean, Carl's the online coach of you and stuff, but we've been friends for a long time, and um, both of their kids... Have birthdays today. Oh, so Charlotte cool. Doyle, happy birthday, Charlotte. She's ten right. today. And Wyatt told me Carl's kid, who's probably got the most energy I've ever seen in a child, his birthday's <laughs> today as well. And that lines up with two people that are very important to me: and my godson, Kane Fleming, who's also Curtis's son, and a little lad who turned nine today, who's my boy, <laughs> Jackson Fleming. <laughs> yeah boy. Jackson actually joins us today. How you doing Jackie? Good. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> I told him he could be on the show today. Um, I wanted to uh, commemorate his, uh, his birthday. And uh, do something a little special. It's hard to, you know, the show must go on. We still have to do a show. You know, (laughs) it's his birthday. But with COVID, there's no parties or anything. But you had some pretty cool gifts. You had a a mask that was dedicated to you today as well. Um, You know, you you spoke to all your grandparents. Uh, Some of them stopped by and dropped gifts off. Some of them dropped gifts off for a week. They've been sitting here waiting for you to open them on time. And, uh, yeah, how's your day going so far? It's going good so far yeah yeah that's good okay okay a little story um my daughter goes to sleep so savina is his older sister she's 11 and uh, she's going to bed but she always stays up and reads or whatever she's kind of a night owl um and she asked me before bed she said oh you guys decorating downstairs so we usually decorate this year just isn't happening because it's covid and I, th- I don't know. I know he's only nine, but maybe we're like, I oh, get over it. It's not going to be decoration every time because Andrew <laughs> would go over and above. Anyway, we said no. We weren't going to have it decorated in the morning because it was a school day. Anyway, I go to sleep around 11. One o'clock I wake up. I hear some more rustling. I uh, walk out of my room and I look and I see that Jackson's doors open. So I'm like, oh, what's going on? Take a peek inside. Jackson's full out snoring. But there's this little light <laughs> and the light turns and f- shines right in my face. Who is it? It's Savina. And she's got one of those like reading lights that you put around your forehead on. So she looks like a miner and she's in his room. And I was like, Savina, what are you doing? It's one in the morning. She's like, I'm decorating his room. So she, as he's sleeping, is trying to decorate this room. And Ah. I guess I find out in the morning that uh, she had woken Jackson up at one point by accident. And she kept telling him to close his eyes, not to peek. And then at one point she was like, well, if you're up anyway, come give me a hand. So he's holding her on a chair <laughs> at like midnight to put decorations in his own room. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the kind of sister she is. She, she loves you and she cares for you. So yeah. she does those things. Um, okay. So we got a couple seconds here with you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. We're just going to, for fun of it, we're going to document where you are right now in your life. Okay? Kay. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions. You're just going to give me the quick answers, all right? Okay. All right. <laughs> Jackson Fleming, you're nine years old today. What's your favorite color? Cyan. Cyan. Very mature of you. Wow.
2: What? That's Cyan. Amazing. Yeah. That's, right? uh,
1: what do we call it? It's uh, turquoise, kind of? Yeah.
2: Okay, so that's what that Pelican? is because
1: I, I had to check that out too. Yeah, Okay. I mean, I, if you would ask me what Scion was, I would fail that question 100%. He's a power
2: forward for the New Orleans Pelicans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. All right, what's your favorite sport? Hockey. Who's your favorite oh. hockey team? Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa what? Bay Lightning, which has changed because it used to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who's your favorite okay. hockey player? Uh, Sidney Crosby. All right, that's... I get that. That's, that's my entire,
2: awesome. my brother's entire family is that. So, good, good answer.
1: Most Canadians, a lot of Canadians are, I would assume, either you Hard love them or hate them. them.
2: Hard to choose against them. It is. Uh, what's your favorite food?
1: Uh, ice cream cake. Ice cream cake.
2: Mine too.
1: Have you had ice cream cake lately? <laughs> uh, I had ice cream cake before I went on the show. Okay, so um, we're a family of diabetics and uh, <laughs> lactose intolerance on the on the verge because we've had two ice cream cakes in the house in the last three days, and uh, it is not pretty. Needless to say, my wardrobe today was a loose sweater. <laughs> All right, what's uh, what's your favorite hobby right now? Uh, well, I do play a lot of video games. You do play Whoop. a lot of video games. Speaking my language, kid. All right, you have a favorite TV show right now?
2: Goldbergs.
1: <laughs> Have you seen that show? It's hilarious. Did you say Goldenberg Golden Girls? Goldbergs.
2: Oh you no, know, I haven't. I've heard heard it's great though.
1: Yeah, it's uh the the detail in that show of what was the eighties for us is phenomenal. Wild eh? Um okay, what else I got here? Uh, what's the first thing you're gonna do when COVID is over? <laughs> uh go visit all my friends. Good call. Yeah, I think everybody is on that uh on that same panel i'd like to shout out that uh, michael ferreira has accepted the terms and conditions of Streamyard and is no longer random comment mf he is now michael Ferrera. michael welcome to the show officially and What's we got another one scott green yeah i said playing just i'm just playing green so he's answering the questions as well so mike ferreira's favorite color is just playing green just in case you were wondering
2: okay mike
1: <laughs> scott Endicott says ice cream cake perfect answer for brock's kid because i love my ice cream <laughs> um okay last two questions what's your favorite subject in school
2: math good i like good so that, was,
1: that was my favorite uh other than jim was he, was math you know
2: who else you know who's really good at math is uncle curtis he is he's yeah, the, he's uh, the
1: he's accountant a guy. yeah he's a finance guy loves his numbers
2: Loves ketchup, too. And we'll it's whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and ketchup. But
1: we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, and the last thing, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hockey player. And if it's not a hockey player, what are you going to
2: do? <laughs> be a YouTuber.
1: <laughs> then welcome to this generation of children is the YouTuber All right. sensation. All right. Uh, do you have a backup plan to the backup plan? Uh, No. All right, go (laughs) for your dreams. I'll support you. Anything you want to do, do, stay in school, work hard, and you can do whatever you want to do. Anyway, I'm proud of you. I love you. Happy birthday. Happy 9th. Now, you can go and play with your toys that that you received on your special day today, all right? Okay. All right. Later, bud. Cheers. All right. Let's, uh... I had to do it.
2: Uh, listeners nice. are like what's going on right now that was nice um hey happy birthday to kane fleming too who i uh ran into i guess it was saturday um his voice is now deep it's he's unreal su- he's suddenly a man who well, he's 13 so he's suddenly a teenager for sure but i couldn't believe it he was we were having a brief conversation i'm like uh, you're you, you, is it barry white <laughs> right you get the, yeah. That's, you guys had so uh, the other thing we we're going to talk about
1: or, or briefly mention that the bet that you and Curtis made live <laughs> online uh, for the Bills Chiefs game has been paid met in full paid in full. If you want to see the video, it is gut wrenchingly funny on the <laughs> Facebook uh, group page. And I think, and if it's not yet, I'll make sure that it gets up there. Or Pep, you could put it up on the Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, but it is something to see. And if you can make sure the volume is on, because <laughs> your laugh, Pierre's laugh in the background, kills me. And then, what's the cherry on top is Curtis's retching at the end, where you oh, got a oh. shot, or somebody got a shot right in his mouth when he thought it was over, oh.
2: and he and almost it was, it lost might have been it. it. Might have been Kane.
1: Oh. Anyway, I remember I asked Kane. I said, was doing this with you? Because it sounded, I could hear voices talking and it sounded like two grown men. And he's like, it was just you know me and Pep. It's crazy. <laughs> but well done, Curtis. Well, well done, done for right. paying you at your man of your word. We got to get that video on. I think he's exhausted today. He was out skiing for Kane's birthday today up at the Uh Okay, you want to pay some bills quick? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's do that. If you guys are looking for a mortgage, if you are reinvesting, refinancing, looking for a rental spot, a first home, whatever it happens to be, you got to give this guy a call. Eric Fabian, 613 899 5131. The Ottawa will take care of you. Well, Five star service from top to bottom, 40 different lenders. So, You'll get the best rates, hands down. If you really want the the six star treatment, if that's a thing, if it's not, Eric, figure it out. Six stars for those that say <laughs> Brock and Pep sent you.
2: <laughs> Love it. All hot right, market. It's a hot market.
1: It is a hot market. It's very hot, but well, it's, the average. Uh,
2: have, I, I get how many million dollar homes were sold? I guess uh, so far, and it's spiked up the average cost of a home. About hundred grand—it's wild stuff if you're looking to buy in Ottawa. So, call Eric. We
1: were looking at cottages, and they're all over a million dollars in some of those places. It's nuts. Um, uh, what was I just gonna mention? Mm, oh, uh, watching the Super Bowl. So we're gonna get into the Super Bowl right now. Yep. I was betting on the Super Bowl, okay, and uh, you know made a few prop bets, whatever. One of them was whether or not there's gonna be a streaker. Didn't touch it, but I brought that up, and I mentioned to Curtis, and Curtis says to me, well, that's the easiest one to control. You be the streaker. And I was like, done. Plan in motion. We are next Super Bowl figuring out. Well, what happened? We had a streaker, and that streaker, turns out, did exactly that. He put $50,000 on that bet. It was a plus $750 return, so I ended up making about $375,000. He went there with a couple of mates, so I don't know where he's from. The, the The buddies distracted security. He jumped on the field, sprinted through, got arrested, tackled a pretty decent tackle. Pretty good. Went to jail, paid a $1,000 fine, and then went and cashed his winnings for $375,000. He was wearing a pink um, Borat-style thong. I think I would go with a different outfit, uh, outfit uh, uh, decision because... Really, I'd probably get fined a lot more from the network televisions if I was wearing that.
2: (laughs) You wouldn't get tackled, though.
1: (laughs) Nobody would want to tackle you. And maybe that's why he did it. Anyway, kudos to him. They did did it. They controlled their own fate, and uh, they're better for it. Also, screwing up our plans because there's no way that's going to be even offered probably next year.
2: Wild. So did somebody mention that uh, it may be fabricated, that story? (laughs) I I read it to it maybe fabricated there's no way any book would 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 take that bet on uh or at least accept it for that amount of money I, I i don't know i mean i the guy could be making it just to get just making up a story just to get more publicity i don't know it so, it sounds real
1: it sa- i mean it was legit what curse and i ever were, were like this is what you do this is what you have to do you mortgage <clears> your <throat> house you put a huge thing down and that's the odds were you know plus 750 it wasn't you know crazy odds and um yeah, it uh, takes yeah. guts. It does take guts. I saw clips of uh, guys watching the Super Bowl, and it was a big group of them, and they were a big group. They were in the States, so maybe it was like 10, but they were fired up. They are yelling. They are like, screaming everything, and it, the kickoff hadn't even happened. And what happened was they they bet whatever amount of money it was that the first kickoff was not going to be a touchback. So as soon as the guy caught it and ran out of the end zone, they were throwing their stuff, like, it was like the Super Bowl was over, so there was money on the line somewhere. They, you know, again, it paid off for them. Good for them. Yeah, my bets didn't. So, um, yeah, <laughs> let's. You want to get? Let's get into the Super Bowl. Sure. What would you think?
2: Do it. Wow, it was uh, it was pretty dull. It was pretty dull. I mean, I I like the uh, strategic uh, plan that Tampa Bay created that they executed to perfection. Uh, it was good it was cool to see that but it wasn't cool to see what temp what uh, Kansas City brought to the table from an entertainment standpoint it was like a four on 10 uh I mean worst Super Bowls I could think of the, the Denver Seattle was pretty bad the Denver Carolina was also pretty boring to watch this one's up there uh, only because it was it was pretty one-sided I mean it, from it, it could have been it was should have been 14 to three Kansas City had a big goal line stand there they don't go anywhere they punt it Tampa has great field position, a penalty and it's 14 to 3. and from that point on, I just like Kansas City did not look good, but it was mainly what you called that was the uh, that was a determining factor in this game. And Kansas City's O line just did not hold up and uh, that was for me the big difference in the game. Um, what I thought of the game overall boring. What I thought a halftime the weekend's not my cup of tea. I thought the guy put on a pretty good performance. Like, if you like that kind of music, I didn't think it was an awful show, but I don't like the music. So from start to finish, like, I don't know, four on 10, three on 10, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I would... I mean, we'll talk about the game, the actual game itself, but from just the game overall, it was okay.
1: Yeah, and I think, and, you know, there was some issues with the refereeing in the game and the calls that went and the calls that were... You know, I I want to say they were kind of borderline for a lot of it. They're just kind of aggressive play. I thought it wasn't. There were no calls that was like, hey, that was really uh, that affected this person's ability to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, um, you know, late, during the game, I saw you know Kelsey was getting hit before the ball came in and stuff. And I think it was just um, I don't know. It really took the flow out of the game and really took Kansas City out of the game very quickly. They knew it was going to be kind of an uphill battle. Um, but I felt like some of those calls really uh, really took the, the excitement out of the game fairly early, and because of that, the, it was a very subpar Super Bowl. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, disappointed in that from a league standpoint, you can't have an 8-1 to penalty swing at halftime, you know, no. and, and both defenses were playing fairly aggressive, you know. Like, you can't tell me. Football's one of those sports, like, if you're really looking for it, you could probably throw a flag on every play.
2: Absolutely, you you had mentioned that uh, a couple of days ago. It's it's one of those sports where you can call holding pretty much in every play for the most part. The way these guys, how fast these guys are and how strong they are, yeah, uh, for sure. And the, the discrepancy in penalties. I will say this: I saw a couple of uh, batted balls on uh, the Tampa side, like when they were playing defense, that were really clean plays, like really nice secondary plays that were not interference and on the flip side some of the some of the pass interference penalties and the holding penalties on Kansas City were in fact holding penalties but like you said there was one holding penalty that was across the field it wasn't even the intended receiver and it had no bearing on the play now i guess the argument is well if mahomes if that was his first read and he had been held i mean it's penalty but it really had no bearing mahomes had had rolled out to the other side so like you're right i the plays the penalties didn't impact the play so that's what made it frustrating. But in, they were, like you said, they were penalties, but they were just, like, not not impactful on the, the result of the play, which is frustrating as hell if you're an offense.
1: So. Well, it started for me with that tip ball at the line that, that then Fournette tipped, and it was interception. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, yeah. Casey got a turnover. They're excited. Everything's hyped up. And then it's a, it's a call for holding on Evans. And I went back and watched him multiple times, and he's – at best six yards. So the the five yard cushion is there. Like he's not that far downfield. And yeah. even then he has, you know, from definition, if he his arm is extended, it's a push-off from a receiver standpoint too. And I'm just like, there's no it's it's two guys playing aggressive in the Super Bowl saying, look, you're gonna earn every every yard. And they call that holding. The ball doesn't even get to Evans anyway. And because of that, now the very next play, I think they go to Gronkowski or, or, no, the very next play was after the field goal that the guy lined up offside. Ridiculous. <laughs> you can't not call that. Um, but anyway, it was just, it was things like that that just killed the game, just killed the actual flow of the game and the competitiveness of that um, opportunity that, the, that Casey had. And then I thought that, anyway, I, we'll get into the actual play um, yeah, let's do
2: that right now. Actually, what do you what did for Tampa Town Tampa side? What do you think they did uh, defensively to to neutralize Kansas City?
1: They did. Again, this is going to be when I post this on the podcast. I'm just going to say this is the toot my own horn podcast because <laughs> they did exactly what you I thought it. the Bills should have done. Where you should be blanketing Kelsey. You should have very little room. And the only time he got catches uh, on Sunday. Was kind of after the game was already finished, you know what I mean? It was almost out of reach at that point. And then he started getting some dump downs and stuff like that, but he wasn't the re- like he wasn't causing any harm from a, an offensive standpoint. He ended up putting up pretty good yards, but you blanket him, and then with Hill, the, they had safe their safeties were playing twelve yards back every single yeah. time. Don't and, get beat, you know. They were covering hill, they had safety help over top of them, they were rotating towards him, you know. And it was the, they were communicating very well because that's the thing that really gets some of the teams if they can't communicate that and be on the same page at the snap. So, with all the hill motion from one side to another side to whoop, I'm coming back. If they don't communicate that, that's when stuff becomes awry and he becomes open, and a very big threat. They were communicating in the secondary extremely well, which was very impressive. And the other thing is that they didn't have to rely on bringing uh, an extra person up for pressure on Mahomes. Those front four were causing it constantly. And when you're taking four guys on five, sometimes six, that's an extra two guys in, in the in the secondary or the second levels that are there to cover receivers. That's extremely hard to do. And I thought Mahomes did his absolute everything to even uh, manufacture any type of play. And for me, the biggest turning point was when he was scrambling, throws that corner to Hardman, and Hardman has a step on a couple guys. The ball's thrown a little bit on the outside, but he didn't even go for the ball. And that was early on, and, and I just thought, that just set the tone. You can't count on me to do this, and they've taken the other two away. So, again, you make Hardman, Pringle, on those guys beat you, and Hardman didn't want to do it. And, you know, that's that's demoralizing for a quarterback. I don't know how many guys he hit in the face. Like, after moving, like, he was throwing that ball off of, um, you know, being – parallel to the ground, throws the ball, and it hits whoever is, I don't know if it was Pringle or Hardman or what, like literally in the face mask, mm-hmm. where if you catch it, it's a touchdown. You think, okay, like what else do I have to do to get the ball to you for you to catch the damn thing?
2: Yeah, and I okay. thought he
1: was just let down in that sense.
2: Well, uh, I thought Tampa's D was, uh, I thought their linebackers played extremely well. Like you mentioned, they didn't have to blitz. And they, you know, there were times where they were getting the Mahomes with a, three, with a three-man rush. So, you know, they were... I can't. I mean, I want to talk. I want to stay on on Tampa if I can. The defense played really, really well. Devin White is a freak. He was all over the field. I mean, he made a couple of plays on Kelsey, where, like you said, Kelsey didn't really beat them that badly. Like it was all you know, five or six yard catches in the middle of the field. Um, you know, then we had the other linebacker, um, Levante David, who's like an all pro. You know, those two guys did an incredible job on on Kelsey. I thought. They did. I thought they were all over the field, and then you know, Shaq Barrett, like you said, you know, bringing the edge rush with JPP. Kansas City's tackles just couldn't hold up. I mean, that's not their that's not their offensive line. Their offensive line was decimated. So I thought Tampa looked more focused. I thought they were, like you said, communicating super well on the defensive side, and every play they looked more, just more ready. Than, than Kansas City was, and it showed, and they they executed their defensive plan. I thought it was tremendous. Now, what do you think Tampa did on offense uh, to beat Kansas City?
1: Um, they took advantage of Kansas City's aggressiveness. So, um, I like know, how you
2: put that. Actually,
1: I Kansas City came out trying to be aggressive and trying to mm-hmm. you know put Tom in in different situations that were. Um, you know, less than beneficial for, for what is, his strengths are and, that, and more likely for him to throw picks or turnovers or, or make a bad decision. And they tried to do that, and unfortunately, it didn't really work. Although at the beginning, it uh, like guys like Chris Jones and uh, Nottie in the middle, those guys were uh, sort of chewing up some of the, the, the front guys, and they were pushing them back a little bit. So I thought, okay, you know, here's some pass rush here and there. But what Tampa did well... From an offensive line standpoint, I don't know if you caught that early, but I think it was Chris Jones, um, him and Jensen, the the ginger center there, who yep. is, you know, he's got some edge to him, and Richie they were incognito. going back and forth.
2: What's that? He reminds me of Incognito, a little bit. You know what I mean? Where it's a rugged and it's, guy, get on your skin. Yeah,
1: it's borderline dirty. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's, you kind of flirt with that, and I could respect that. I was just as bad, probably. <laughs> um, uh, you know but what happened is I could see uh, and I'm pretty sure it's Chris Jones 95 I think he yep. was getting fired up so there was a, a back and forth at one point and the very next play it's a it's a run you know the guys tackle maybe four yards and I watched Chris Jones and he like Went out of his way and kind of like dove on the pile, but he was looking for that guard. So whoever's on Jensen's left side, 74, I think it was, was looking at him and kind of like threw himself at it. You know what I mean? And and right then I said, he's already out of the game. Not out of the game, but like they're in his head. It's the first quarter. So that's, you know what I mean? Like if you could lose your focus or have a guy um, want to get back at you, football is a sport that allows you to do that to a point, but if that takes you out of your scheme, in any sense of the word, then you're the weakest link on that defense, and you'll be exposed for it, so I thought there was a lot of that, Tyron Matthews, he lost his cool fairly quickly I'd love to know what him and Brady had said or back and forth that's another thing from a penalty standpoint, I was like okay, Matthews says something you know, there's no ref right there and then Brady runs after him, says something, and I'm like you're going to give one guy 15 and not the other guy 15, like just do an offsetting and call it a day, but you know instead they give it to uh, to matthew stuff like that 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 did kind of irk me um you know and again it's a it's a benefit of the tom brady thing that uh that kind of kicks in with me a little bit from the patriots and stuff like that um anyway i don't know I, there's always I, stuff from like that
2: we i miss I you didn't too like Ron it. rico and we miss you too bud i didn't like uh, i didn't like t- uh, kansas city's lack of discipline, and I thought that was – it's uncharacteristic of them. You know, for Andy Reid coach team, they're well-coached, you know, the enemy and all those guys that are on that side of the ball. I, it was super uncharacteristic to see those guys go on the sidelines and have a – like just yeah, – at one point, they were yelling at each other. I think I saw a clip of Tyree Kill losing on somebody, and I was like, what is happening? Like, they're they're falling apart. I, again, I, I want to stick to football, but you have to wonder if, this, if the incident with uh, Andy's Reed's son, son. – had yep. to have some sort of, you know, there was a, there was a, I mean, I, I don't want to, we're not a TMZ here, but I don't want to spit a rumor, but alcohol, there was an article about, you know, him being potentially under the influence. And, you know, though the, there's one little girl who's five was fighting for her life. Uh, hopefully she's okay. I mean, that had to have played a factor. You think, I don't know. Like it's a disruption for sure. It's
1: like you said, and I, I don't know. I addressed that on something we were talking about, but was exactly that. How is this going to affect, the chiefs um, and you know, people say it's a super bowl and they're so prepared and he's just a linebackers coach and whatever, but he's the head coach's son, you know? So as professional yeah. as Andy Reed is, there's gotta be part of him where it's just like the super bowl is the super bowl. But then there's like, yo, know, my son might be going to jail for quite a while. Um, could be in some real hot water, yeah. yada, yada. Like that's weighing on you. Like, I, like, I don't care who you are. That's going to be there.
2: First thing he said in his post game press conference, he didn't, he, nothing, before any questions were asked, it's the first thing he brought up. He goes, I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, I, I, my condolences, or not condolences, but uh, we're thinking about the the people who are injured in this. That's the first thing he said. I'm assuming he's, uh, he was anticipating questions about it. So he just wanted to like lay it out there. He said, flat out, if you ask me about this, I've just addressed it. Let's keep it football. So clearly that was the first thing on his mind in the press conference.
1: Yeah. So and that's that's fresh off of a disastrous showing at the Super Bowl,
2: really, and was. whatever. So yeah.
1: that I mean, that goes to show where his mindset is. And if his mindset's like that, if everything's going right on the field, I feel like you know, they would have gotten through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, and, and say, okay, they they fought through. But I think this is where it comes in where things start to go bad, and it's not great. and then, you know that ability and professionalism and focus to fight through that adversity and come back in the second half or wherever it is and make a game of it. It was hindered because of outside stuff. That desire Absolutely. that 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 collective unit thing was just not there and I think that stems from some of that stuff that's off the field.
2: Brock, did we miss a couple of uh, comments? I they're on my screen right now. Are they still available to read? Some I saw a couple of people pop up there Scott and Mike
1: Oh Here's well, Mike we again. got uh, Mike talking about White made a play running from the opposite side to make a tackle. Great game from White, absolutely. Um, and uh, White is the player, uh, so not the color in terms of just Tampa Bay.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, Devin White. I was he was picked fifth overall that draft, and uh, Pittsburgh uh, traded up to pick up uh, Devin Bush at number eight. And I was ho- really hoping they would have drafted White, but I mean, I, you know, that's that was, he wasn't going to last that long. Eh? Uh, coming out of college, which one had a better college career, Brock?
1: Uh, White played in the SEC. Bush played in the Big Ten. So right away, I have the SEC. LSU, like a crazy defense. He runs a, yeah. you know, I don't know how fast Bush is. Uh, White, I know he is very fast, but I know White running a 4-4 at the Combine was huge. Um, I just think he was playing way better competition in a very sure. fast conference that, you know what I mean? I, I, that just Big is pedigree players. from me from, from the SEC where I'm just like, that's the guy you go with. Yeah. um ideally bush was great in the big 10 um you know a uh, a big fish on a small pond of michigan with their yeah. what they had so um you know i i the steelers will be fine with him but yeah sure. white would have been anybody sec would be probably a pick for me but all right um, what
2: else do we miss before we talk about kansas city here um anybody well again
1: uh, not ag- to toot my own horn comments? again but Uh, I did talk about on No Holds Barred, and I think we did it in this show, where I talked about the feeling that Tom Brady, the turnaround for Tampa Bay, was, well, I also picked Gronkowski and Fournette to have big games if they were going to win. Gronkowski gets two touchdowns, two tutties, as he calls it, him and uh, Tom Brady (laughs) in the video after the thing. got two tutties. Um, (laughs) Anyway, great game by Gronkowski. Great game. Um, you know, again, was a key to the victory, uh, in my opinion, uh, MVP, uh, I would have put on the defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like their defense yeah. is what really impressed me in that game, but you got to give it to Tom for what he is. Um, but during the pre-shows and stuff, I said, you know what? The turnaround seems to me like Tom Brady has taken the reins and has, you know, Arians almost takes a step back. Remember I he said did. that? Yep. Well, I have a soundbite. Bruce Arians at the Super Bowl.
3: (laughs) This really belongs to our coaching staff
2: and our players. This is your trophy. I didn't do a damn thing.
1: Right? (laughs) Am I I right? You didn't do a damn thing. That was Tom Brady took over that show. Uh, Kudos to Bruce Arians for his coaching staff hires. I think he has the most minority coaches in the league he's got two female coaches in there too so uh for the diversity and uh inclusion that the nfl wants to do bruce arians is at the top of the list his staff is phenomenal and then to win the super bowl with that staff you know should be very much encouraging for other um, organizations to kind of follow suit so good on that but otherwise i think tom brady sort of took the reins and went with it
2: let me tell you about gronkowski all I've been hearing all week, actually the last two weeks, has been, well, you know, Tampa's saving him. He he coasted all year and he's he's gonna be fresh for the Super Bowl. So if he does have a big game, it's because he's fresh. No way. This is the NFL, man. Week after week, there's guys trying to kill you. He plays tight end. And he he had, you know, did he have a good year by Gronkowski standards? Not great. But dude came out and played. And you know, shame on Kansas City for not at least considering him as a weapon. I mean, I think they just sort of forgot that he's there because he hasn't been a real factor over the last year. Really, he, he didn't really have that great a year. In ter- again, when, we're, when Gronkowski's compared against Gronkowski. Like, to suggest that he's be- he was being saved for this game? No way. This guy takes a beating. I'm not a big, huge Gronkowski fan, but the dude... Can play the dude takes uh, has taken a beating throughout his entire career, and he came out and he made some big plays, man. You got to give the guy some credit.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tampa's got a couple of tight ends, you know, with Brayton, and there's one other backup guy or another guy there. And then, uh, shout out to Anthony O'Claire who's a Canadian at Laval, who won the uh, the Super Bowl with Tampa. He wasn't active for that game, but still, uh, active or not, if you're on that roster, you're a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay had a few tight ends that were able to, uh, to contribute, Um, you know, so whether or not he was there, I would argue that Tampa Bay has more weapons than Kansas city. Would you agree?
2: Uh, I'm just about to talk about that. I thought what Kansas city, uh, outside of their offensive line decimated, right? Three out of five starters out. And that's including uh, uh, Tardif. Um, Not enough, not enough possession guys tyree kill like you said it's all motion it's running across the field it's getting him in uh, the ball in space so he can so he can blow by people and then you've got kelsey who is your possession receiver but he's, he's he's not a burner He's a tight end everybody else was subpar pringle didn't make any plays robinson didn't make any plays watkins looked hurt they didn't have that scotty miller that uh julian edelman possession receiver who could get you a seven yard out and run a crisp route and have good hands and have the ball right there. They just didn't have that. It was too much helter skelter. It was too much relying on homes to scramble and wait for a guy to get open. They just didn't have enough weapons. And we're talking about Kansas city. I can't like, I can't believe we're actually saying Kansas city didn't have enough weapons, but they didn't outside of Hill and Kelsey. Those other guys are pedestrian. And I think they need to get, get themselves a possession receiver. I thought, I think they thought Watkins would be that guy, but I think he's hurt. Um, What do you think about about that in terms of uh, having that third or fourth skill guy? Because, like you say, Tampa had was deep. Tampa was deep.
1: Um, I think even if they had those type of receivers, Kansas City was going to be in tight because of the lack of protection from the offensive line. And just... Any, you know, Mahomes throws the ball from a variety of different angles and guys like Pierre Paul is a big dude. He's just batting them down. So those timing routes, just a drop back throw. I don't even know if those lanes would be there for Mahomes anyway. Regardless, yes, I think that especially in an offense that has an Andy Reid or Bellamy type guy who are very creative on offense. They need to get a couple more weapons. They've done phenomenal of getting their key guys open in space and then letting their athleticism do the rest. They need to get a couple more. Yeah. Funny you mention that. Uh, I was looking at a mock draft, a few mock drafts before the Super Bowl, and I can't remember who it was Who's because they just did a whole bunch of them on it, but they had in the first round pick 32 to Kansas City or 31, whatever it is, Um, was Kadarius Toney out of Florida. And Kadarius Toney is one of the shiftiest little receivers you're ever going to see. So, like, he's number one. For those who watched any Florida games of Florida-Alabama, Florida had number one and had number 84. Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney were the two offensive weapons. And they had him going to Kansas City. And I was just like – or now at this point, if he falls to, like, Tampa, I'm like, those two teams with another weapon like that would be insane of just – the plethora of weapons that you would have to deal with. But at that point, again, you you still got to be pretty creative and see where you're going to get the ball to and how you're going to get the ball to them. How you are going to share that, um, that wealth, if you will, but you're right. They're not, they're missing somebody who might be like a Mike Evans. um, Although Mike Evans doesn't play quite that style, but a big body who can, you know, get the jump ball or say, you know what? Throw me the ball. Uh, they're gonna get it so whether it's like a you know again nobody's like megatron but like a julio jones or like a even uh alan robinson's a pretty big dude like some of those guys are like you know what just a big body with some speed some hands to say you know what i'm gonna get you that ball i'm gonna
2: fight for those yards
1: i'm gonna whatever
2: and i will say this you know it looked like it looked like uh, Mahomes was playing on one leg. I know he made two good scrambles, and I know that you know it, it looked like he still had his quickness, but he was laboring. You know, he was he was running through pain. You could tell he was in pain, and when he he'd hobble back to the huddle. So you know, when you're in pain like that, every throw hurts, even though it's not your arm. It, every every movement, you know, you, you know when you're in chronic pain, you, you feel that. So. Um, I thought his injury played a little bit of a factor even though he ended up with good yards and made some great plays he, it did have a, it, it was a factor especially with that offensive line I, I don't know what you think about that but
1: oh for sure he didn't look as mobile as he normally does um, but uh, you know I, again I thought that he was the one guy on that field that was like actually leaving everything out there and again Absolutely. I'm not saying you know other guys didn't But I thought, you know what, here's a guy on offense who's just doing everything he possibly can. The scramble, the one they threw in the back that I thought at one point Pringle had got it with the one hand. Beautiful. Um, to try anyway. You know, again, Pringle's – he's fighting to come back to the corner and the guy's legitimately holding him, but there's no call on that. Stuff like that would drive me nuts. But it's just like you can't – everything you think you have, Holmes, he just has this ability to get rid of the ball – And it goes to in safe areas. You know what I mean? Whether it's out of bounds or whether it's at the back corner of an end zone. Like, it's insane what he can do. (laughs) So, uh, next year is going to be a little bit interesting. Hopefully, again, Tardif is back. The tackles are back. He gets some protection. They might get another couple of weapons for him. Um, The defense is a solid unit. It just, you know, again, I think... uh, uh, their composure was affected in that game more so than anything else. And when your composure goes, the communication goes, because you're fo- fixated on something else, and, you know, it was just exposed.
2: Well, it's fu- you know, it's funny you say that. I, I thought that they – I think they <clears> need to upgrade <throat> in their linebacking core because, you know, uh, Fournette, who are uh, just – we're going to – we'll end our Super Bowl talk with uh, Fournette and uh, Brady and the MVP talk, but I thought Fournette and Jones, once they got through that first, that first line in defense – I mean, they were getting to the third level where DBs were having to make tackles on Fournette. That's not good. So either the linebackers were just out of position or not making plays or not, frankly, not on the field. Maybe maybe it looked like Kansas City was sticking with their base defense when they should have adjusted. I mean, Tampa, how many times did Tampa go to the line with a running back and uh, either two tight ends or an extra lineman? In, like, you got to adjust. You can't just rely on Chris Jones and, and the, the three guys up front. So I, I, think, yeah. I think they need to upgrade at the linebacking position because whew, Fournette and Jones ran roughshod all over those guys. They were getting to the third level, man. Except when they needed a yard,
1: and then they went and they got stuffed <laughs> at the line, which I thought <laughs> was a turning point for sure, well, you which it should have been.
2: You had question why they had Ronald Jones at the time. In, I did. You know, Fournette's a few pounds heavier. Maybe him coming in, just leaning in. All they needed was an inch, but it looked like it. But uh, yeah. here's here's a question for you. Tom Brady... 21 uh, for 29, 200 yards. Uh, Actually, it was like 202 or something like that. It wasn't over 205. Uh, Three touchdowns. Okay, great. Um, MVP worthy over Fournette, who ran for 89 yards on 16 carries, which was about a 5.6 yards per rush, which is really good. And and he also had four catches for 50 yards. I mean, and you mentioned Gronk as a possible MVP candidate as well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, there's really... There's nobody I mean, else you give it to. You know what I mean? It just doesn't I happen. Guess. He's won seven. He he's the <laughs> reason. You know what I mean? Fournette's been on other teams and stuff. Yeah, you can have great games and stuff like that. But you're running because Brady is throwing the ball and opening some lanes and stuff like that. It just again, stat wise, sure, maybe there's some argument for Fournette and whatever. But um, to me, you watch that game like there's nothing in that game that takes it away from Brady. Other than a complete unit on defense. But you can't give it to the full unit, so you give it to an individual player. You can't pick one guy on that defense to say you made the difference today. It was a a group effort, but they were the difference, 100%. But Tom Brady, Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does. And, you know, again, he's, (laughs) I forget, I think it was Luongo. Uh, How old's Brady, 43? 42, 43. 42,
2: 43,
1: whatever. And Luongo, Luongo... Roberto Luongo, for those who don't know, retired goalie in NHL. um, I'm a big fan of his. He might be one of the funnier Twitter people ever. He always tweets at opportune times and, you know, makes fun of himself constantly. Um, But he's hilarious. Anyway, I guess his tweet to the thing was like, I'm 42 as well. He's like, I can't even tie my own shoes or something like that. Like it was just, (laughs) Uh, no. and this guy's getting the MVP. And, you know, I, kudos to our producer, uh, Mike Pignette, who we were texting throughout the uh, the game and brought up, uh, Brady's 43 confirmed, um, brought up <clears throat> a very important thing, which I thought, especially given what we're doing with the show. Um, and he, he said, it's a lot. Um, he talked about his dislike or distaste from MJ when he was going through his stuff. Everybody's kind of hoping that he doesn't win all that kind of stuff. And then he's like, now when I'm older, I can appreciate being a sports observer more so than a fan where I can appreciate these guys like LeBron and Tom while they're in their prime. And that kind of stuck with me a bit. And uh, so again, kudos to Tom Brady for what he's done um i think for me the biggest thing was that he was a patriot fan and when i uh i dislike the patriots it's because i dislike other patriot fans and because of that i end up cheering against that team and that happens a lot right um but from tom brady's perspective i used to love the box like growing up Derek brooks and those kind of guys were the guys i used to love following and they weren't even a good team i always had a soft spot for for bad teams so you know, I should be extremely happy that the Bucs won. Yeah, I put money on Kansas City because that's where I thought the smart money was. Everything I said about Tampa Bay and what they needed to do, they did it. But I did yep. not believe they could do it against the Kansas City team. They proved me wrong. They did everything that they were supposed to do and did it well and won. Um, so I was cheering for Kansas City in that game. But ultimately, you know, that comment by Mike really made me sit back. And, and I'm almost at a point where I want to see Brady win 10. You know what I mean? Like, let's how far can this
2: go? Well... Look, we're living in history. You're wit- if you're a sports fan and you watch football or any sport really, if football, what we're talking about, you're wit- You're living through history. Like you're you're witnessing it. When this is done, you know th- there will likely not be another Tom Brady in our lifetime. Um, where somebody plays for 20 years and has this many Super Bowl appearances and all the success he's had, we probably won't see it again. So just with free agency and with the way things go in football I mean that's that's just it's it's rare it's like uh you know it's like Bill Russell he, he, Brady's in Bill Russell category right now when it comes to the amount of championships and the length with a, a particular roster like it's just incredible stuff MJ was great but MJ's real greatness with the Bulls was like six seven years this is like what are we talking about here now <laughs> it's like 21 oh, years so it's crazy uh, I will I will say this about Brady's performance in the Super Bowl. It really, I mean, again, I'm showing my age here, bud, okay? I remember this Super Bowl. It was I started watching the Super Bowl religiously, 85, when the 85 Bears, I watched that Super Bowl as a kid. I remember the next year was 86. It was the Giants and Broncos, and I was a big Giants fan. I like Taylor, and they were always on CBS. And that game was a lot like this one. The Giants went in, not a super glamorous offense, uh, very efficient quarterback, Phil Simms. I think Sims ended up 21 for 26. I'd love to, I'd love to fact check this by the way, Mike if we can. I think Sims was in the 86 Super role. It was 21 for 26. He had a very efficient like 200 yards or somewhere in that ballpark and it was great offensive balance and awesome defense that won it. And this Super Bowl reminded me of that. It was El- it was Elway and the High Flying Broncos at the time versus a really good balanced New York Giants team. So I think Sims won the MVP of that uh, Super Bowl too, so it kind of reminded me of that. In that case, I do make a good argument for Tom Brady to be the MVP, but I really like what Fournette did. I thought Fournette was the actually the difference maker. I mean, well, he the thing was is he
1: shared a backfield
2: trucking guys
1: with Jones, yeah. So he wasn't. He's not even the feature back. No, he's the backup. He capitalized on on some stuff for sure, but um, ultimately, I mean, Tom thrown for three touchdowns. Um, you know, they're bringing extra linemen in. It's just, yeah, uh, I don't know. For me, it was just, you couldn't, like, you, you just, you look back on this game next year or the year after, and you look back, and you think Tom Brady, like, the story of it is Tom Brady winning his seventh, bringing a team right to uh, glory. Um, yep. And, you know, for that, it's it's just, it's a no-brainer. Like, and it hey, just can't. If he broke a balance, hundred, if he went over a hundred, you know, and he scored that touchdown early on, maybe he got a couple of touchdowns and 50 yards sure. thing. Sure. But he's yep. under hundred. That's, that's like the, the measuring stick there. And if it's under a yep. hundred, then you get three touchdowns or four touchdowns or something like that. The touchdowns outweigh it, but the hundred yards is, is definitely um, something that's measured from a running back standpoint. If you don't do hundred yards and that's not considered the, the game uh,
2: that you want. And so, and that balance was Brady's call probably too right like that's probably oh, Fournette gets Brady's those rushes because Brady probably made that call so I'll, I'll give this Brady really the bench. Um, we got this is your trophy. I didn't do a damn thing. I just wanna, <laughs> <laughs> it was Brady's um, show. We got uh, uh, our our executive producer Mike <clears throat> fact checking. So Phil Sims was twenty two for twenty five. He did win the Super Bowl MVP. How my memory is just stupid. I can remember this, but I can't remember like. It's ridiculous. 88% completion percentage. That's a pretty good Super Bowl.
1: I'm waiting for the next fact check to be uh your fact checker's not here.
2: <laughs> Three <clears throat> carries for twenty-five yards. That was Sims. Wow. Awesome. Uh okay, last last thing about the Super Bowl. Can they uh can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run it back? Yeah. I think bur-
1: I really I think they're in a role now. I I think if uh, all the pieces come back, which if Tom's back and whatever, nobody's going anywhere. They're likely going to just upgrade, improve in some sense. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them get rid of AB. I like to get uh, see them get rid of Dominic and Sue. Those are two guys that I wasn't really happy got rings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't think. I don't. I just don't think they're great people. Uh, anyway, fair. But, um, I think there's no. I'm on i I'm on that for a point too if it's not the bills uh you know breaking that uh, uh that drought then let's see eight let's see nine let's see ten you know what I mean like yeah. let's just just make history it's not with the Patriots it's not with a bunch of people that I you know I don't want to cheer for with the Patriot fans and stuff like that but the bucks I like the bucks let's go yep.
2: Yeah, and you know what? they with Breeze out of the division now. Well, potentially anyway, with the retirement impending. I don't know. He's I don't know. I mean, he hasn't decided yet. I don't think. But you know, that could be. You know, Matt Stafford. I think that whole situation might be. I mean, he's gonna be. A, there's gonna be a learning curve there for for him as well. So, uh, they can run it back easy. Um, it's not gonna be easy. Like NFL is just not
1: gonna be easy. Which is again, yeah. he makes it look easy. Yeah. So everybody thinks it's easy, but it's not. And it, it takes the whole 53 guys to, to yep. do it. So, you know, whatever Brady is fill, is putting in that Kool-Aid, if he's slapping tomatoes out of people's hands, I don't know what it is, but, <laughs> um, you know, he's doing it, and he's he's amazing at it. And, I, I again, I thank Mike in the back for opening my eyes to appreciate what is in front of us right now
2: and yep. really soak it in. Oh. Yep, we got to right. pay a bill. We got to pay a bill. Let, can we pay a bill, please? You got this or me? It's all you, pal.
1: It's all me. All right. Eric Fabian, OttawaMortgageShop.com. Eric, I've already sent you somebody. They're calling you today uh, for mortgages. But if you're looking for uh, the best rates in the city, this guy's got 40 lenders he deals with. You're going to get five-star, six-star service if you tell them that Brock and Pep sent you. Um, But if you're looking to refinance, if you're buying your first home, a rental spot, whatever you may be, if you're in need of a mortgage, reach out to Eric at 613-899-5131 or check out ottawamortgageshop.com. We also want to uh, bring attention to the uh, metal sign in the back here. Sold our metals. Yes. Big John Shaw. He uh, outfitted me with a nice metal cutout of our logo and i'm pretty sure my co-host has messaged him looking for one too because he's a little jelly right now
2: i'm in the queue apparently you're in the, the queue. response was i'm in the queue so looking forward to getting my soldar metal brock and peps and sportsman like convo a wall mount so i can uh fill up one of these bare walls here looking forward to it yeah it's that uh, thing right above uh brock's head there or yeah. right beside his head 16 gauge metal i think
1: it is he You know, fantastic. Whatever color you want, whatever logo you want. You got cottages, you got uh, apartment buildings, you got rooms you want to outfit, you got your favorite team, sport. Ooh, maybe I should get a Florida Gator thing made. Anyway. um, All right. There's endless possibilities, but reach out to John Schott, soldarmetals.com. That's S-O-L-D-A-R-metals.com.
2: All right, Brock, we got to check in with uh, some of our Canadian contingent here in other sports, and we'll... uh, We'll discuss. Uh, let's start with hockey. You know the hot. The North Division is starting to shape up. The Leafs are coming on. The Leafs are suddenly ten two and one and lead the Northern Conference North Conference. The Habs are are second at eight two and one. The Jets are seven three and one. And then there's a bit of a cluster. We got the Oilers at seven and seven. Canucks six and ten. And the Canucks are getting shelled. The Canucks lost Jacob Markstrom and it's starting to show. Holtby and Demsky, are their are there goaltenders right now? Yikes! I thought the Canucks were going to bring a little more heat. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean it's early. It's but, early. You know, it, isn't, it isn't. It's fifty six game season, so it's not early. I mean, there this is these guys are one one fifth of the way through now. So you know you got to you got to start putting things together. You don't want to get too far behind. I believe it's the top four teams that make the playoffs, right?
1: I was just going to ask you that. Or our yeah, I checker. believe it
2: top 4 teams make the playoffs. So the Sens are sitting at uh, 2 and 10 right now. Uh at least they they were competitive the last couple of games rather than getting shelled, but uh what are you t- what are your thoughts right now on this the and my, uh, the topic I wanted to bring up or the question I wanted to ask you is, you know, with all the Canadian teams um you know playing each other, they're all really strong except for the Sens. Every every other team made the playoffs last year. You know, is this going to hinder the progress of the Sens players, if they're having to play, well, six teams above them that are all super strong in playoff teams where they don't have the advantage of playing the Detroits and the Buffaloes in the East where they can have some, some actually some good games and some positive play. Cause right now they're getting shelled and they're not really competitive. How could this be good for their confidence?
1: Um, from a confidence building thing, it may not be. From a long-term development, I mean, if you're in a strong conference and you're, and you're facing strong competition day in and day out, you're going to get better. So when it does open back up and next season that the schedule goes back to normal and you're getting games against teams that aren't as good, you should be at a higher level. Now, what we're seeing with the Sens is that they can elevate their game in games that have... Uh, more of a rivalry sort of feel to it. So the Toronto games, the Montreal games, those are obviously uh, marquee games for on the Ottawa schedule, and they seem to have kind of played up to it. You know, they beat Montreal one night, they yep. played them to a one-goal well. thing after being shelled by, like, at least four goals in each of the previous four or five games when they were out west. So yep. when there's that... Um, rivalries sort of feel and they got to sort of raise their game for those two teams they're doing well they need to now sort of figure out how to elevate their game when they're playing every team and that's going to be where you know i think it's going to be a slower development it's a lot harder to mentally get yourselves playing up without the emotions you know what i mean and that's that's the difference between you know, a guy who's a good amateur player and a guy who's a good professional player. Like, if you bring that professional attitude and that dr- that that focus every single game, then you don't need to have those highs and lows. You'll have you'll you'll sort of elevate a little bit, but you'll never or it just won't be as high. Where the amateur yeah, player yeah, is, sure. like, you know what, you spit in my face. Now I'm the best player ever because I'm I'm all over the place. I'm emotionally, you know, out there. But if things are going bad or something else happens, you know, I'm way down, I'm out of the game, it's a write-off. And that's where those young guys are very volatile up and down, and they got to kind of bring them down into a bit more of a a consistent zone from a professionalism standpoint.
2: Well, that's it. And, you know, I think for the Sens, you know, I think they miss – they miss Anthony Declare. They really do. I mean, I didn't think this guy was Huge that loss. big an impact, but they meant they miss the speed, they miss his uh, offensive ability. And they they they're they're listless on offense. I mean Stutzley is gonna be good, but he's he is what nineteen or eighteen? I mean, he's young, yeah. he's not ready. What's Mike Frere asking now? Are the what Sens we got, a Mike guaranteed
1: eat? two points for everyone who plays them?
2: <laughs> Mikey bringing the Sens eat. Fair enough. Well, right. Look, this is the worst case scenario for the Sens being in this division uh, for this year. Anyways, not having fans, I think, you know, you don't it's hard to get motivated when you're playing your own dome and, you know, you're going to get shelled. So I I get like I get it. I get it. I I just this is the worst case scenario for Ottawa this year. Um, The rest of the teams, I think it's a toss up. You know, the Flames are sitting at five and six, just a, a few points ahead of Ottawa. But, you know, this can't be fun for them having to play big boys with uh with the jets and that even the habs now they're a much bigger team physically than they than they've ever been jeez i can't remember them being this big uh, i think the domi for a josh anderson deal i don't know how domi's doing in columbus i've watched zero columbus games but josh anderson is a stud big guy hits and tyler to foley this guy puts the puck on the net gets to the net he's heavy got a heavy shot um they picked up, uh, was it Edmondson playing in the back end? I mean, Jake Allen, like <clears throat> Mark Bergevin, for the first time in a long time, deserves a lot of credit with remolding this Habs team into a team of truculence. He can't run over them anymore. They're big, they're bigger.
1: Stutzel's 19. Confirmed. Stutzel's
2: 19. So, I mean, and he's, you know what, he's playing well. He's he's taking a beating. Teams are taking liberties with him. Uh, I've seen him get it, take a couple of cheap shots. So, you know, hopefully he can last the season. here in the big leagues now, kiddo. <laughs> and, uh, hit.
1: another fact check is the sends are two and 10. So they're a free two points for everybody except for Toronto and Montreal. <laughs> all
2: right. All right. Uh, quick blue Jays check-in. They nothing. It's all quiet. Still on the blue Jays front. They're still looking for a starter. Big maple, James Paxton still out there. Taiwan Walker. Um, they've they're checking in on super utility guy. One of my favorite players, Marwan Gonzalez, who was part of one of those Houston teams. Uh, he played for the Twins last year, but he's he's a super player. can play outfield, can play a really picket at third. Uh, I love guys like this. Just super utility, good bat, 280 hitter, uh, got a little pop. You could play him anywhere. And he's a, he's one of those guys that, you know, you, you give him a day off, he's not going to whine or complain. Like, this. they're starting to piece together the perfect team. If they can get a guy like that, if they can get James Paxton, look out. I mean, I'm not sold on the Yankees quite yet. I think uh, Gary Sanchez has been a bit of a disappointment at catcher. Uh, certainly, his fitness level. Giancarlo Stanton, he's hurt all the time. So you know, if you're having a bank on Aaron Judge and DJ LeMahieu all year, you know LeMahieu's a few years older. Judge had some calf injuries and back problems. So this could be the Jays' year. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what the Jays can put together. Um, any, anything you've heard? Have you heard anything on the Jays' front that I've missed?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he missed anything. Um, it's more of a wait and see at this point. So Yeah, I don't think they're um, finished yet. I like the rumors, uh, but I'm not uh, doing anything until I hear other, uh,
2: something <laughs> concrete. somethings enough. Raptors check in really quick. Uh, they're suddenly eighth, um, a couple of games ahead of the Knicks. So they're back in the playoff hunt. I mean, it's so clustered, right? Like Brooklyn's 14 and 11. They're in third spot. The Knicks are 11 and 13. They're in the eighth spot. So, I mean, there there's teams that are clumped together. They're all within a game of each other. Toronto needs to make a deal to get a big man. They are soft in the post, very soft. No, Chris Boucher is doing all he can, but the guy is a buck 20, soaking wet. Uh, you know, they're getting bullied in the key. There's a lot of talk about Andre Drummond out of Cleveland, who is in super phenomenal shape this year. He's he was out of shape the last couple of years. He realized. I got to get myself in shape if I want to keep up with today's NBA. The guy's an automatic double-double. I mean, there's a couple of games this year where he had 20 points and 30 rebounds. I mean, that's incredible. That is a guy putting in work, and he's a perfect fit for Toronto. Rugged. The key, the question is, what what does Toronto have to give up to get him? And Kyle Lowry's name keeps coming up. So we're going to play, again, That's a wait and see. Their tra- uh, the, I believe the NBA trade deadline is coming up because if it's a, sh- a shortened season. So we're going to see some deals. I think Toronto should make a deal. I mean, this this East is by no means a lock. You know, F- Philly's good. They're number one. The Bucks are number two. But, I mean, Toronto could come in. And this whole Brooklyn idea, the, you know, the super team and all that. Listen, maybe if this was five years ago, but we're talking about a Durant coming off an Achilles. We're talking about Kyrie, who doesn't look interested at all in playing basketball. His head's all over the place. And we're talking about James Harden, who is, frankly, out of shape. And he can't defense. Is putting up ill-advised shots. So we're talking about a Kevin Durant
1: that's coming off of COVID multiple times. And next show, <laughs> I think we got to discuss more of that. Cause that's, I don't understand that's, what's going on there, but
2: dude, I was watching that game and I had no idea what was going on. He started the game, they pulled him, then they put him back in the game. Then they pulled him. In. Like that is, that is, if that, if that's COVID protocol, the league's in big trouble because that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. He's put already played half the risk. game.
1: And then he, exactly. Anyway,
2: Totally ridiculous. Um, so, anyway, keep your eyes on uh, the Raptors. Um, I'm following them very, very closely now that everything's done in terms of football. So, uh, we'll talk a little more Raptors in the upcoming weeks. But, so, that's our those are our Canadian content check-in. I don't know if you have anything to add, Brock, but that's, uh, that's our
1: – No, uh, our, I'll add teams. that we're going to get – now, football's over. Super Bowl's over. The playoffs are over. We're changing gears, and we're going to get yeah. into more with the hockey and the basketball – and I think what we're trying to do is we'll be doing uh, sort of bonus episodes on the podcast related to the Jays. Have a Jays focus with off season where we think we're going with stuff, some salary Love stuff, it. a little bit more in depth from a Jays perspective. We'll be bonus. We'll be talking about them on the podcast, but we'll we'll kind of dive further into the uh the jays with uh, the podcast so you can go yep. to uh, again apple itunes uh, spotify google wherever you get your podcast you can find it there so start looking for some of those and we'll start bringing our producer mike to the forefront again uh, get him hooked yep. up with a real mic and we'll start uh, start talking some baseball but um that's it uh, for now from the canadian content now
2: if anybody has any questions with regards to the raptors you can message <laughs> us on the uc page you can message me directly. You can ask me a question here. Uh, I got it. I'm a Raptor Freak, and Brock is now going to be a Raptor Freak. He always has been, but now that he's got a little more time with the college football being done in the NFL, and uh, uh, he Brock is ready to rumble for the Raptors. I know it's basketball fans. It's been a tough one because they started off so so poorly, and they lost Ibaka and Gasol, and you know there was some. But there's things are starting to turn a little bit. Nick Nurse is doing a good job, and. Some of these new pieces are starting to fit in a little bit better. But anyway, we'll talk more about that. Why
1: don't you talk about a play that brings a smile to my face?
2: <laughs> oh, from last night. From last night. Now, people, people crap on Draymond Green uh, for, you know, the way he argues against with the refs and sometimes his own teammates, and he likes to chirp. But uh, he got a taste of his own medicine last night. The, the um, Golden State Warriors were down three points with eight seconds left to go. And uh, looked like the inbounds play was for Steph Curry, but the screen was set and uh, the defender didn't show. So the ball went to Draymond, and he was a, a foot within the half-court line. The clock starts, and for whatever reason, Draymond throws up uh, basically a Hail Mary with eight seconds left. It would have tied the game had he hit it, but he wasn't going to hit it. He was shooting from half court. The other team gets the rebound, and it's ball game over. They come down, to hit a free throw, it's over. I do not understand, I, I, for the life of me, why he did that. He Maybe he's trying to draw a foul is the only thing I could think of, but the look on Steph Curry's face was a lot like the look LeBron had when uh, J.R. Smith got the rebound, and ran it out, of, out by the three-point line uh, in the finals a few years ago. Very confusing. Uh, very confusing play. I don't know if you saw it, Brock. Did you I see did. the play? And, and?
1: and some of the announcers are like, oh, I think he thought that he was, they were going to foul him right away, so he wanted to be in the act of shooting. One thing I could think of. Sure. I don't take it that way. I think Draymond Green is an idiot. I always have. So I'm going to believe that he, it is what it is. <laughs> But, I, I, again, he's not a stupid man. He knows how to play, and, and he's you know, acting the way he is half the time um, for a purpose. So I'll give him that. He's also got me hook, line, and sinker because I can't stand him. But, um, yeah, that's the only, the only explanation there is, is you know, he thought he was going to get fouled. That's why he wanted to be in the, sh- the active shooting. But the active shooting itself was a horrendous-looking
2: Oh, from half court? You've got the best three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, by team. no means
1: is he the uh, the end Jeez. result of that uh, that play that was drawn on the sidelines. It wasn't no. to give it to Draymond to save the day. From no. half court. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it was
2: terrible play. They lost the game. Terrible. So, we need some sound bites again.
1: for, like, the unsportsmanlike moment of the day. The, blo- the blooper or the something. The blooper, there. yeah, something. <laughs>
2: anyway. All right. Speaking of uh, sound bites and uh, clips, we've got a, our top five.
1: <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm shaking my head because I went, um, <laughs> I I went into the private chat and asked Mike what his favorite hip song was, and he came back with maybe Inglewood Swangin' by Mac Ten, which I don't even know what that is, but not, obviously not hip to, hop, buddy. Not uh, yeah, hip hop. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> never mind i'll figure it out i'll choose it i got four to choose from anyway
2: unreal
1: all right so you created this top five and yep. you know you were doing top five players in super bowl what is this uh, what's uh, liv 55 yeah, what 55 liv 54 yes thanks 54 so you got your top five players from super bowl And very little I can argue with, so I'll let you do it. And then i will follow up with another question that I thought was not more interesting, but it's something I want to know what your thoughts on.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, My number five player was Devin White on defense. He was all over the field, and he made a couple of great plays on uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Number four, I had uh, Ronald Jones, who, like you said, was sharing the backfield with Leonard Fournette and did a great job getting to that second level and really wearing down the Chiefs defense. They just wore their those guys down. Uh, number three, I had big Rob Gronkowski, real difference maker. Uh, came up huge, had some big plays. Surprise KC, sort of forgot about him, it looked like. it. This was not a good defensive strategy by uh, Steve Spagnuolo. I think he tried to bring too much heat. Uh, number two, I have Leonard Fournette, who uh, shared the backfield with Ronald Jones and had a great game with, like we already discussed, 90 yards, 50 yards receiving. And number one, I mean... You know, I, again, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue this. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the the spotlight was on him from the, the minute they kicked off. So And he handles it so well. So he was my number one player. Those are my top five impact players of the Super Bowl. Notice I didn't name one single chief. I mean, they only kicked three field goals, so I guess I could have put Harrison Butker up there, their kicker. But, I mean, it's nobody that from the Kansas City side that made any impact at all.
1: Nope, and my five would be very similar. I th- I'm I'm surprised that your number one is Tom Brady when you're making an argument for Fournette to be the uh, well, MVP. Like, but
2: like you, no, like you said though, it was Brady was the one who probably called those plays. So from that perspective, you know, and like the comparison to Phil Simms, like was, he called a great game. And I love, I love balanced offenses. I loved what I saw. I love the run pass, the 50-50. I love that. I love the fact that he only threw it twenty nine times. You know, it, that's football to me. The only sad part about the Super Bowl is the Chiefs brought nothing to the table, so.
1: Yeah, and I, I couldn't change much. Uh, Devin White's a great number five. Um, I think I had the refs at number four. I had, <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> I had Brady at number three. Ouch. I had uh, uh, the defensive line for Tampa Bay at number two and their uh, defensive coordinator at number one um can't think of his name right now um but that's my uh my top five uh the question i wanted to bring up to you real quick as we get ready to get out of here is um tom brady takes the bucks to a super bowl where does tom brady now fall into the all-time tampa bay buccaneer players when we got guys like Allstott, john lynch congratulations hall of famer uh, Mike Evans, I would put him in a top ten from a, a standpoint. Tom Brady, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, Wark Dunn, Hardy Nickerson, Keyshawn Johnson. Where does Tom Brady fit with those guys right now from a Tampa Bay Buccaneer standpoint?
2: Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle right now. He's it's one year, you know. He's a great accomplishment, but I mean, I, you, you're not going to put him above Derek Brooks. You know, you're not going to put him above uh, John Lynch. That's for sure. Um, even Mike Alstadi, who was like a polarizing figure in football, and one of the last, the true fullbacks. Um, so, oh, speaking of which, I was uh, I follow Sean Merriman on Twi- on TikTok, and he basically answers questions. Oh, he, you What's know what? To... He... <laughs> yeah, that's that was horrible. Light... I look
1: like I. Well, you know light, i mean? I'm lights, trying I, to get. I I thought you were having a shot. seizure for a second. There. I'm trying to get my arms without hitting the computer or whatever. Anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're going to call a call the paramedics for a second there um he's a great follow on i'm sure he's on twitter too but he's got a tiktok account he answers questions from people and they asked him who his toughest fullbacks to play against were and he mentioned lorenzo neal was the toughest one to, that he had a hard just was like tackling a battering ram did merriman so,
1: play uh where did merriman play again i
2: know he played with for a bit
1: but it was san diego which is where o'neal yeah.
2: played wasn't it uh wasn't o'neal a, t- a charger yeah. as well Lorenzo Neal, I feel like he was a Charger. Maybe it must have been when he when he moved on. He, he mentions practice. Lorenzo Neal. As well. I don't know. Maybe a practice. Yeah. Um. Anyway, great follow. <coughs> ah, those I don't put Tom Brady above uh, above Derek Tom Derek uh, Brooks for sure. Uh, Warren Sapp. I mean, you can't. How could you? He's only one year, and those well, guys. Have I guess that's cool my smell. question.
1: If you're the best yeah. player to ever play the game, he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. There, you know, like there just can't be also. Again, I know we got to go. We're going to start going out to this um, to uh, a Tragically Hip song for in honor of Gord Downey's birthday. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that was brought up with Tom Brady and the GOAT was Jerry Rice said, uh, he's the GOAT now. If there's any question, he's the GOAT. I don't want that, that title or something. And I was like, when was Jerry Rice in the greatest of all time conversations?
2: Was he ranked when NFL Network did that top one hundred players of all time? I think they did that during their hundredth season or whatever. Was he, was number he not one? number one?
1: Oh, maybe then. I forget. In that conversation, he was never on there for me. He's there, like he's you know maybe top ten or something like that. But for me, it's always it's very hard to have a receiver be a, the greatest of all time when you're re- you need to have somebody throw you the ball. I don't know. I think the quarterback position is just made to be the greatest of all time. You control everything.
2: Anyway, you can't argue Tom
1: Brady's legacy, his success, his status. Um, And my eyes are open. I have a new, I've taken the shades off, the blinders off. Thank you, Mike Pina. I've taken it off. I am an observer and I am observing greatness.
2: Yeah, for sure. Enjoy it.
1: All right. That being said, we are going to wrap this up. It's quarter after eight. We went a little bit long. Obviously, had the birthday stuff early, Super Bowl stuff, yada yada. We always go too long. That's that's part that's of what it. That's What we do. Gord Downey's birthday was this weekend. You know, very Canadian weekend. Uh, the Verge on uh, Sirius XM stuff had the hip playing nonstop. Um, you know, always makes me feel very patriotic. I was driving to, you know, Ken Tasker's homemade outdoor rink to skate with Jackson and, and Heston, who's uh, Ken's uh, boy, and it was just it was a beautiful day. hip plan, going to skate in the ODR and stuff like that. He had a fire burning in his backyard, so the smell was so uh, great. Anyway, it was it was I was very proud to be where we are right now. Um, even though everything else is going on and all this, you know, COVID and stuff like that to be Canadian, to be that, it, it sort of grounded me, which was kind of nice. Um, and in honor of him, we're going to play a tragically hip song. Do you have a favorite hip song? Don't answer what Mike said.
2: Yeah. Uh, nah, it's Wheat Kings for me. <clears throat> uh, just, uh, you know, especially it, uh, after he passed, I find Wheat Kings just sort of it brings a peace to my life when I listen to it and that's my I've, favorite song. I had
1: four queued up: We Kings, Cordelia. I really like the start of it. Scared is another one of my big ones, and Fifty Mission Kids. We Kings is uh, is the one that uh, you chose. It's perfect. It's queued. We are going out to it. We love, love every it. one of you guys that are listening. Here's Gord Downey and the Tragedy Hip. We kings. Check us out. Our podcasts on wherever you listen to it. Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Reach out to us. You got topics you want us to talk about? We're here to listen. You want gear? Take a look. Mega City Promotions. Have yourself a great, great day. And again, happy birthday to all those people celebrating. Especially my little man, Jackie Boy. Proud of you. Love you,
3: buddy. And all you hear are the rusted breezes pushing around the weather vain Jesus. As oh, yes. sees the killer's face, maybe it's someone standing in a killer's place. 20 years for nothing. Well, that's nothing new. Besides, no one's interested in something you didn't do. We, kings and pretty things. Let's just see why. where the high school's didn't start. It's a museum and we're all locked up in it after dark The walls are lined all yellow, gray and sinister Hung with pictures of a parents' prime minister. We Kings and pretty things breaking story on the cbc a nation whispers we always knew that he'd go free they add you can't be fond of living in the past if you are then there's no way that you're gonna last we
2: good choice it was just right in the middle like scared's a bit too slow
1: cordial pretty good and uh, a 50 mission cap would have been uh... would have been good we can use that one for after a hockey show yeah when the Leafs are still at the top or something
0: yeah it's like a uh... Bill Barocco playing card as the overlay.
1: <laughs> 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 oh fuck! All right, I hope it didn't go too long with Jackie at the beginning. I was like, just trying no, to.
0: Whip no, it. the uh, with that fan, the computer's good. And like, yeah, yeah, with no one using it too all day, I was able to like like a hundred tabs over, It was good. Never. Uh, Never. I was trying to find out about the trying to find out about the top 100 or whatever but it doesn't seem ranked so I don't know but Rice obviously got that idea somewhere <laughs> my dad commented he said I just watched Brock's podcast they do a pretty good job
1: <laughs> did you say yeah I could I make this happen
0: <laughs> well, he, he referenced me a few times I don't
1: know yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for Someone the baseball else. thing, we got to get you, uh, like, you get your whole setup going there. Yeah. Now I wish I didn't take the whiteboard off the wall. Because I'd taken it off, and actually, if I was putting a sheet over top, fuck, it's stupid. Because that whiteboard was massive. And what I was thinking was I could have, like, each position of the Jays and have their depth chart right now, and I could put, like, their salaries next to it and, like, really get into it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I should go.
1: All right.
2: Yeah, well, me too. It's my kid's birthday, Mike. Fuck, come on. Yeah, right
1: now. Because I'm still recording. We're going <laughs> to drop the card over, but we had lasagna, and it takes a while to cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, so out of the fan for me. Uh, All right, well, yeah. we're getting. I think we're getting better at this, Mikey. Yeah, I what less nerves too. Yeah, one hundred percent. What yeah. is although before the show, I'm just like I'm like wolfing down ice cream cake and stuff. I'm like I gotta go, because <laughs> the one time where we were like last second getting on and everything went wrong, I'm like no, I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. But one thing I was wondering when we're talking and stuff like that, I feel like you know sometimes shows have like a faint. Background music? Mm-hmm. Is true. that good or bad? Uh,
0: I mean, one of those things, it's a uh, uh, personal taste, but I don't know why.
1: I don't know. Uh, there was something, it was tonight, and um, uh, maybe I was just, I was excited to play the hip at the end of the day, too, so I was yeah. like those songs, and I was like, oh, I almost wanted to just put one kind of in the background. You know what I mean when really? we're going. But I know uh,
0: Pharrell does that. Oh yeah, yeah he got the, the, the raspy voice.
1: Yeah, I know who Pharrell, is. Pharrell. He's yeah. like
0: he's that. Uh, he always has. He's got a podcast. <laughs> anyway. What's that?
1: He's got a podcast.
0: A radio show, I think. Oh yeah, he's on CBS for
1: years and Pharrell with the big Scott green hat or whatever. Oh,
0: you get, get any times like this?
1: No, I can't. I'm thinking Pharrell because I'm happy. Oh, no, no, no. I'm either. like, all right. Who's that, Who's uh, that guy then?
0: Yeah, Scott Ferrell. Pharrell. 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 He used yeah. to be on Sirius uh, and he did a sports show. And now he's on CBS Sports, I think. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I think Google his face. Uh, I wanted to bring up too at the beginning was the. Uh, The, the, the firings, the let goes like the, the Brent Wallace's and what I found surprised, I thought because my, uh, Pep said, Oh, Jay and Dan aren't on anymore. So I thought they both got let go. I didn't know Jay was, was kept and Dan wasn't. Yeah. So Jay's doing uh, his own thing.
0: Well, who Jay? Yeah. Yeah. he's by himself. But it like, uh, remember Dan had those issues, eh, with his, remember his his baby got kidnapped or something and like that's yes, right. Rethought, or, yeah. I,
1: did,
0: I think uh, since he's got back, he's kind of a, I don't
1: know. I liked them better before, like, the, the pair of them, I liked them better before they went to the States. Same. Personally, I like
0: Now I prefer the other two, the Rogers guys, Tim and Sid.
1: The Tim and Sid, I used to, I played touch football against uh, Tim. Tim, yeah. Yeah, down when I was all Canadian. He was one of the celebrity guys or whatever. Him and Maestro okay. Fresh West. It was quite the lineup. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like those guys too. And they do a lot of yeah. good things. I like it what they do. Yeah. I got to figure out maybe some different uh, sound bites and stuff like that. Because I got a couple more things I need to put on that I can Yeah, and like
0: like the when I mentioned the other day about uh, Dan Case thing. Like that's something you got to ISO him or, or even have a clip of uh, where he talks and then Barbie makes fun of him. And you know what I mean? And play that back before you bring it yeah. up and say, okay, hey, this is what will happen. This is what she said. And sure enough, then a Barbie, I have to defend himself because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's, yeah, we need to, I do. And I've said it before the preparation, like Pep has the, you know, he puts the show together, which is good. I appreciate it. It's, you know, we talk about what we want to talk about. And he kind of puts it together, which is great. Uh-huh. Um but it can't be, we need to start doing it earlier. I think I know Super Bowl was Sunday, so we're obviously going to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. but from a, like a pumping standpoint. So there is something where we do, uh, you know, there's like, a. Um, I don't know, I guess in this, we can schedule a broadcast, which again, you know, we say, Oh, Hey, Jane, Dan, there, uh, or Dan and, uh, um, um, Dan and Dave, you know, we do that episode. We can prep that ahead of time. You know what I mean? We say, look, uh-huh. we're two weeks out from that. We pull some of the old clips. You know, I put them in sound bites, and, you know, I got to make sure I track what's what. Um, but it's uh, it's easy to do, but then we kind of say these guys are on. We're talking X, Y, and Z. You know, tune in that time. It's yeah. a certain date yeah. or whatever. I don't know. But I do want to start uh, the Jays thing. So I put it out there. It kind of makes us... Hold a little bit of accountable, accountability hmm. where we're like doing bonus episodes that are just J specific or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And I, I think it would be a lot of fun to really kind of get into it with you guys, you know? Yeah. i have
0: Andrew on too. Yeah. Andrew's
1: uh, good. And then we get guys like, uh, what's his name? Chris. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Orleans guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was yeah, really good. And New as shit So mm-hmm. Alright I should go Yeah, yeah. Okay